0: Welcome to This Week in Video Games episode 69. My name's Tom Kershaw and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. This week I've been checking out Cyber Shadow, a new action platformer in the mould of Ninja Gaiden. I've also been playing Destruction All-Stars, a new smash-em-up with cars out on the PlayStation 5. And also, this past few weeks, a light has been shone on big tech companies like Google and Amazon struggling in the games industry. So I'm going to be having a special look at what's been going on. It's a busy show as always, so let's get to it. Welcome to the show, everyone. I hope you're well and you're having a good week. Now, I'm good this week and we're into February already. So this is the shortest month and also the coldest month here in the UK. And these past couple of weeks have been really interesting in terms of big tech companies. So Google have decided to call time on their Google Stadia Studios project, which is a real shame, but somewhat predictable. And this week, I'm going to be having a look at what's been going down with Google and Amazon as well, thanks to a great article from Jason Schreer. That one focuses on Amazon and their struggles to create hit games, but Google hasn't really been having a great time of it either. So today, I'm going to check out and share some reports that shine a light onto their struggles, and it just goes to show that making it in the games industry is hard work, and it takes dedication to the craft. Just coming in and simply buying all the capabilities doesn't always work, unless you're Microsoft, of course all right that is enough intro waffle from me so let's get into what i've been playing this week well this week i've been on somewhat of a retro adventure with cyber shadow first of all and then also turrican flashback so cyber shadow is a new game with an 8-bit aesthetic and it's available on multiple platforms and i've been checking out on game pass and it's absolutely fantastic there and i will get into my thoughts on that one first up in the show I've also been playing Turrican Flashback and the original Turrican was a Commodore 64 game ported to the Amiga way back when but it's back now on Nintendo Switch and this one is running and gunning at its best and I've also been playing Destruction All-Stars which is currently free on PS Plus on PlayStation 5. Before I get into all of that let's get into my review of Cyber Shadow. The Cyber Shadow is a new action platformer which harks back to the days of 8-bit games, both in graphical style but also in its difficulty too. It takes inspiration from the classic Ninja Gaiden format, 2D side-scrolling action, tricky platforming and precise action. It's out on pretty much everything and it's definitely worth sinking some time into. So Yacht Club Games have given the world Shovel Knight and now they're teaming up with Mechanical Head Studios to publish Cyber Shadow and this is a retro looking game set in a cyberpunk world and after your play session you're going to feel like you've been through a marathon of sorts because this one is tough. So you play as Shadow, the last ninja of his kind and Shadow is woken up early on in the game to reveal a sinister and cyberpunk world. It's your job to understand what's been going on. The Shadow is sick and under threat, and you have to figure out what's happened to his world. One thing that immediately grabs you about the game is the gorgeous 8-bit pixel art cutscenes. The story is pretty minimal, and there's a threat, and your clan has been destroyed, and you're out for revenge, and off you go. Gameplay in Cyber Shadow is inspired by Ninja Gaiden, so it's your job to navigate the world armed with only a sword to begin with so you can use jumps dodges and attacks to remove the enemies from your path the controls are pretty simple you can attack and jump and that's pretty much it until you open up a series of power-ups later on in the game so cyber shadow eases you in nice and gentle on the first level but then the difficulty really ramps up as you get past the first stage so enemies are going to attack from the air the ground throw projectiles and you're going to have to have your wits about you at all times shadow starts out with a simple katana but as you progress through the game you'll pick up power-ups and other items to make battle a little easier so these power-ups they're hidden in the environment for example you know you can knock down a wall and you may uncover a hidden power-up that will give your katana an extra edge as you make your way through the levels you get ability power-ups including ninja stars which allow you to attack from distance new abilities and items offer a nice variety to cyber shadows combat giving you the extra tools you are definitely going to need to take on the intense environments. Enemies come at you at pace as well as the environmental challenges, and you're likely going to die a lot and repetition is going to be your friend. You know, I may be a little bit out of touch, but I found the difficulty a little bit frustrating. And when you first enter a new area or head into a new level, then it's likely that you're going to fail, but don't let that discourage you. you know, Get your head down, get back in there, try again, as it's ultimately very satisfying when you take care of that boss at the end of the level. To help with the ever-increasing difficulty, there's a good amount of regular checkpoints, which you'll reach with absolute glee, let me tell you. And if these checkpoints weren't there, then I'd probably label Cyber Shadow as being very obtuse, but these little havens make the difficulty motivating rather than off-putting. So each time you make it to one of these checkpoints, you get a refill of health, and you can also buy SP2. And as you make your way through the levels, make sure you're picking up money as you go, as this will drop from enemies after you kill them. And you're going to need that money if you want to buy SP from those checkpoints. Progress through Cyber Shadow is quite linear. There's not a lot of retracing your steps or exploration that you would find in a Metroidvania game. And this is perhaps a good thing, as Metroidvanias have become a little bit oversaturated in the past few years. So this is a straightforward linear path, although getting to the end of that linear path is not going to be straightforward at all. There is a little bit of exploration but these slight sidetracks won't distract you from the main objective too much now i really love the 8-bit graphical style of cyber shadow i'm a huge pixel art fan anyway plus i grew up with the nez and the SNES, so it reminds me of sitting on the living room floor as a kid with a controller hooked into the console on the main tv spending summers and weekends trying to beat castlevania and games like contra so i played this on xbox game pass for pc and the colors and the sprites pop off the screen And the animation is absolutely beautiful. The platforming too feels really tight and the overall feel of the game is really, really satisfying. But one of the best elements of the game by far is the music. Enrique Martin and Jake Kaufman have done a great job with the music and it works brilliantly with the cyberpunk aesthetic. It's one of those soundtracks that you'd happily listen to on Spotify even when you're not playing the game. So it's not the longest game in the world, and if you're getting a beatdown throughout the game, then this might make you happy to find out it's only 8 to 10 hours all the way through. For me, I would have loved to have seen more, but it's the perfect Game Pass game, a phrase which I find myself saying more and more. This is a perfect pick-up-and-play, and you don't have to invest too much in the story, and for those of a certain age, it's going to be a trip down memory lane. And if you're a fan of the action platformer genre, or you like the old Ninja Gaiden games, then this is a must try. So it was developed by Mechanical Head Studios. It's available on the Xbox Series S, X1, PS4, PS5, and also on Nintendo Switch, and it's probably a really, really good fit for the Switch. It was originally released on the 26th of January 2021. Well, that is it for my review of Cyber Shadow. But if you're enjoying This Week in Video Games content, then you can support This Week in Video Games on Patreon. Just go over to patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games. benefits like joining in community discussions on podcasts early access and exclusive content content voting and youtube and podcast shout outs there's also a merch store which includes t-shirts hoodies and all kinds of other this week in video games goodies so watching the videos subscribing to the podcast and interacting down there in the comments is more than enough but if you want to support this week in video games further then you can do through patreon and teespring so check out the links down below in the description or the show notes for more well, that is it for my patreon plug this week but next up let's check out my review of destruction all stars so destruction all stars is a new smash-em-up driving game from lucid games recently released on ps5 via the playstation plus so if you've got this service then you can pick it up for free which is probably the best for the game you know originally This was slated as a launch title for PS5, but the release was pushed back. It's fun at times, but after a few hours into the game, you'll probably be relieved that you didn't pay for this one. Destruction All-Stars is an arcade arena game where you get to drive around a number of vehicles with the main goal of smashing into other players and destroying their cars. You've got a few moves, you've got a boost forward and to the side, and you can increase the intensity of the smashes, plus you can hop out of the car and try to perform hostile takeover moves on the other cars too so jumping out the car sounds like fun but it does leave you very vulnerable to attack as there are multiple cars in the arena so you have to have eyes in the back of your head and also in the side of your head too so when you're out of the car running and jumping around on foot you do have breaker special moves that will give you a boost to your mobility that includes speed and additional jump capabilities but when you're faced with a car these do feel a little bit weak The one benefit of jumping out of the car is that you're going to need to collect shards which build up a super meter. So fill up the super meter and release that while you're in your car and you'll unleash the hero car which can be very very powerful indeed and lead to plenty of destruction. When you're in the car the game is pretty fun albeit for a short spell. The cars feel pretty good to drive and maneuver around the arenas but the game does fall a little short when it comes to smashing into each other there's a slow-mo kind of camera which gives some weight to the impact but otherwise it doesn't feel as good as it should do smashing into other cars you know and the arenas also feel similar to each other and don't really have the depth of Mario Kart battle modes there are four game modes to cater for up to 16 players so you've got mayhem which is your standard free-for-all player versus player mode and it's down to scoring the most points for a win so to get the points you have to smash into each other and take out opponents plus taking out other players if they decide to get out of their cars there are vehicles dotted around the map and you'll find yourself jumping in and out of them on a regular basis so cars on the map they're pretty much weapons to use which can be linked to weapon classes like light medium or heavy attacks and the trick to the game is to hop into a car use it until it's about to be junk and then jump out of it before it explodes in terms of tactics the game is pretty light the best bet is to try and get your car into hero mode as soon as you can and some are definitely much more powerful than others so it's really down to which character you choose which makes the tactical play feel like it's got even less depth than before But saying that, the lack of thinking in this game is perhaps an advantage. You know, this isn't Valorant, or it's not CSGO or anything like that. There's not going to be a lot of tactical gameplay. Just hop into your car and try and cause as much damage as possible in the shortest space of time to win. As well as online play, you can hone your skills in arcade modes, which will let you practice any of the four game modes against bots instead of real-life players. There are three maps in total at the moment, but it's pretty difficult to say which one is best, because they all feel the same. There's a shallow customized mode 2 which has your classic emotes and skins which you can buy through in-game currency or purchase via real money although personally i'm not going to be sinking any money into this game talking of spending real money this brings us to the challenge series mode so currently the game has three in total and you've got seven unique challenges across a variety of game modes it's kind of a career or story mode include some cutscenes between characters but to progress you have to pay you know initially you get one challenge for free and then you get rewarded with some basic cosmetics but then if you want to do another challenge you have to pay and this feels like a real drag considering the rewards don't really feel worth it they're essentially a massive paywall to potentially some of the best content in the game so the launch and the subsequent discovery of this does feel off so the game was initially going to be a launch ps5 game presumably at the new 70 pound threshold and if i paid £70 for this game I'd be very disappointed as I don't think it held my attention for more than a few hours and offered me little incentive to come back. You know, I don't know if this microtransaction paywall was put into the game in a hasty decision after it was decided this was going to go on to PS Plus but it doesn't feel good and it doesn't motivate me to A. play for very much longer than I have related to this review and B. I don't really want to recommend it to others. On the positive side of things the game looks beautiful and takes advantage of the PS5 capabilities The characters and the car designs are very cool and the whole game is bright, bombastic and there's fleeting moments of real fun. It could really do with a killer soundtrack to go along with the action as you race around in the car trying to smash into opponents but the audio department is seriously lacking. So related to the audio there has been an issue at launch where the game turns on voice chat by default and your controller microphone too and you can't even mute individual players which seems really obtuse in 2021. Especially if you've got someone screaming offensive expletives down the other end of the internet at you or the whole lobby. Although I have heard the developers have patched that since launch. There are definitely some issues here though with the game that's for sure. And it feels like another game that was released too early with some major issues not either being picked up or it was just rushed through. There's definitely marketing pressure here. You know, First it was to get the game out for launch of the PS5 and secondly it was to get it into that PS Plus window for February. It's a shame, because you can definitely feel it as a player. Destruction All-Stars, you know, has its moments. It looks great, sometimes feels great. When you've got a full lobby of players all smashing and crashing around, there's moments of having a good time. The controls are pretty tight, and it's a great-looking game too. And it is free at the moment through PS Plus, so given you don't have to pay to jump into the game, Now I do think it's worth picking it up and giving it a go. You don't have to engage with the microtransactions if you don't want to and make sure you look into your audio settings. Otherwise, you could be sharing or hearing more than you bargained for. So the game was developed by Lucid Games. It was published by Sony. It's a PlayStation 5 exclusive and it came out on the 2nd of February 2021. Well, that is it for my review of Destruction All-Stars. Next up, let's have a look at the all-platform charts. So at number 10 this week it's fifa 21 and that stays there at number 10 At number nine this week up two places from last week's number 11 it's super mario 3d all-stars still at number eight it's just dance 2021 and staying there at number seven it's ring fit adventure up three places from last week's number nine it's this week's number six with minecraft and down one place from last week's number four at five it's marvel spider-man mars morales Up two places from last week's number six, at this week's number four, it's Grand Theft Auto 5. And there at number three, up two places from last week's five, is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. At number two this week, up one place from last week's number three, is the ever-present Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And I think that one has been in the charts for the whole duration of this podcast, which is actually coming up to its two-year anniversary. And back in at number one, up one place from last week's number two, is Animal Crossing New Horizons, And that one continues to do really, really well for Nintendo. So congrats to the team behind Animal Crossing. So next up in the show, I want to do shine a light and some great stuff out there. So this week, big tech companies have been really, really suffering in video games. So, so Jason Trier and Priya and And over at Bloomberg this week released a great article called Amazon can make just about anything except a good video game. And I definitely encourage you to go and read that. And it talks about Amazon trying to buy in loads of capabilities and the fact that they haven't released any good games yet and they're not listening to their video game specialists that they've hired. Developing their own engine, which is failing, and also the absolute failure of Crucible 2. And I'm quite disappointed by this because I am really looking forward to New World, hopefully coming out later on this year. But reading this article and seeing what goes on behind the scenes really, really makes me shake my head. But I definitely recommend go over and read that article. I'm going to link it down there in the description and the show notes for you to check out. But Google this week had an announcement and shut down its internal Stadia game studio. I'm going to take you to an article by Michael McWurter out of Polygon now for all the details. So Google is shutting down its internal game engine studios tasked with making video games for Stadia, the company's game streaming platforms. The Stadia GM and Vice President Phil Harrison announced the closure of Stadia Games and Entertainment on Monday on the Stadia blog. Creating best-in-class games from the ground up takes many years and significant investment, and the cost is going up exponentially, Harrison said. Given our focus on building the proven technology of Stadia as well as deepening our business partnerships, we decided that we would not be investing further in bringing exclusive content from internal studio team at sg beyond any near-term planned games. So Stadia Games and Entertainment Vice President Jack Raymond is leaving Google, Harrison confirmed, and the decision to shut down its internal studios will impact approximately 150 developers, according to a report from Kotaku. So Harrison said that most of the sg and team will be moving on to new roles and we're committed to working with this talented team to find new roles and support them. So Google announced Stadia Games and Entertainment in 2019, with Raymond serving as VP of the game studio. And Stadia Games and Entertainment comprised multiple studios with locations in Los Angeles and Montreal. And the Stadia game development team was expected to reimagine a new generation of games, Raymond said in 2019, and work with external developers to make Google Stadia's technology available to partner studios. So Harrison said that Google will continue to support Stadia and expand its effort to help third-party developers and publishers to the cloud gaming platform. We are committed to the future of cloud gaming and will continue to do our part to drive this industry forward, Harrison said. One goal remains focused on creating the best possible platform for gamers and technology for our partners, bring these experiences to life for people everywhere. And Google Stadia launched in selected markets in November 2019, promising games streamed from the cloud to non-console platforms. And the cloud gaming platform was initially available on a variety of devices, including personal computers, Android smartphones and Google Chromecast. At launch, Stadia users were required to purchase a Google Stadia Premiere Edition bundle that included Chromecast Ultra, a wireless Stadia controller, and three months of Stadia Pro, a service that offered free games and video streams up to 4K resolution at 60 frames per second with HDR lighting. In April 2020, Google reduced the buy-in cost of Stadia, making it free for anyone with a Gmail address, as well as offering two free months of Stadia Pro, which included access to nine games at the time. So with Amazon's failures already plastered over the press and Google Stadia announcing the close of their studios, so Amazon came out earlier this week and reiterated their commitment to games. So this one comes from Jordan Ullman out of IGN and it's entitled Amazon's new CEO commits to making more games after reported internal struggles so amazon's incumbent ceo andy jassy has pledged his support to the company's gaming division following reported internal struggles at amazon game studios so in an email seen by bloomberg jassy acknowledged that the difficulties faced so far which has seen the likes of games like crucible being shut down after only months after its initial launch so some businesses take off in the first year while others take off in many years jassy said in an email to staff though we haven't consistently succeeded yet in ags I believe we will if we hang in there. And Jassy is set to replace Amazon CEO and founder Jeff Bezos later this year after Bezos announced that he was stepping down on Tuesday. Jassy's supportive email was apparently a follow-up to an email from Mike Frazzini, the current head of Amazon Game Studios. Frazzini was addressing a recent Bloomberg report which illuminated behind-the-scenes issues at the studio. Bloomberg's report alleged a bro culture at AGS and alluded to multiple canceled projects mismanagement and a difficult to work with game engine in amazon lumberyard which was apparently causing difficulties during development in the emails obtained by bloomberg frazzini is reported to saying that the studio has zero tolerance for the kind of behavior described or anything less than a fully equitable and an inclusive environment and we've learned and improved a lot along the way myself included and we will continue to do so frazzini continued Making great games is hard and we're not going to get everything right. So Amazon hasn't had a lot of success in the gaming space so far, but Jassy and Frazini's comments suggest they don't seem to be giving up just yet. And finally, the company announced its foray into cloud streaming in 2020 with Amazon Luna. So that is a little look there into some of the struggles into big tech companies. I definitely definitely recommend you go and read that article by Jason and Priya over at Bloomberg. Really, really good stuff and go and read that now. Well, that is it for my look at troubles in big tech companies in the gaming industry. But next up, let's have a look at my review of Turrican Flashback. So Turrican has arrived on Nintendo Switch in the form of Turrican Flashback, providing that nostalgic look back onto one of the most beloved running and gunning shoot-em-ups of the 90s. So, Tarakan flashback is a compilation of turrican games including turrican turrican 2 the final fight mega turrican and super turrican the original turrican came out in 1990 for the commodore 64 and was later ported to the amiga and this is the version that we see here ported onto nintendo switch so turrican is a cross between metroid and contra where you run and gun with an array of weapons but there's also an element of exploration platforming and secrets to discover the Turrican allows players to explore and find their way through levels rather than simply a linear path which was innovative at the time the Turrican 2 the final fight originally came out in 1991 and that featured some of the gameplay mechanics that developers wanted to get into the original a year before but they simply ran out of time and the game was set to be released on SNES, Mega Drive and Game Boy, but it was decided later on in development to release a tie-in version of the game with the movie Universal Soldier. And that game was cancelled for the SNES, but it released on the Mega Drive and the Game Boy. Mega Turrican was an original Factor 5 game, initially designed for the Mega Drive and Genesis, and later followed by an Amiga port under the title of Turrican 3, Payment Day. And the Super Tarrakin games were developed initially for the SNES by Factor 5. And they were released in 1993 and 1995 respectively it's a shame that super turrican 2 isn't here in this package given there was probably a better game however there is plenty of turrican to sink your teeth into here for sure in terms of gameplay they offer up a set of similar moves skills and abilities you've got the standard shooting we can use your beam attack to attack a large number of enemies at close range Much like Samus in Metroid, you can also roll into a little ball and get through little gaps or evade enemy attacks. One thing that surprised me was how well these games hold up today. There has been a few attempts at recent run and gun games, including Cuphead, Into the Gungeon and also Broforce and these Turrican games hold up well. The games are fast and you're going to have a lot of enemies coming at you at pace and you're going to need your wits about you and practice to get through these levels rather than the single hit kill that other games have employed you get health bar although you're going to find it getting depleted rather quickly if you simply run and gun into an area there are calmer moments of exploration and platforming which sometimes feel a little bit less directed than perhaps you would want and that is where the age of the game can start to show itself a little A Tarrakan fan will get a lot out of this compilation having the ability to enjoy these games on the move will be a treat for some as these are the perfect games for a commute and maybe on the plane. I do find it hard to get stuck into massive open world games on a journey and sometimes I just want something I can dip in and out of on Nintendo Switch and Tarrakan Flashback is perfect for that. In terms of the overall package, Turrican Flashback is fairly bare bones. There's four great games here for sure, but otherwise they're not too much to celebrate Turrican. There isn't any additional art or music, which is a shame, especially considering the quality of the original soundtracks. There's indeed save state and a rewind feature, and that makes it a little bit easier than it was back in the 90s. So Turrican Flashback is a great trip down memory lane, and it's great to have these on a handheld console where they work really well. The original Tarakan flashback games hold up well to modern run and gun games and it's nice to have the addition of mega Tarakan and also super Tarakan 2. this style of games isn't as popular as it once was but this is an entertaining reminder as to why these games were successful if you're a fan of the genre i'd give this one a go so the game was developed by factor 5 it was released on nintendo switch and playstation 4 and originally came out on december the 8th 2020. And thank you to the publishers in In games and the PR team for providing a review copy of the game. Well, that is it for my review of Tarakan Flashback. Next up, let's look at what we've got coming out in the next few weeks. So, it's pretty bare bones in the next few weeks, so we've got Little Nightmares 2. That one's coming out on the PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. It's coming out on February the 11th. On February the 12th, we've got a big one. It's Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury that's coming out on Nintendo Switch. And then on February the 18th, we've got King of Seas that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. Well, that is it for this week's episode. And if you want to get involved in the show, then contact through patreon.com forward slash in video games or check out the latest on the website. So send in your questions, your comments and your video game stories. I'm always interested in hearing from you and I'd love to post up your question on the show. Well thank you as always for watching or listening and for more This Week of Video Games content like this, subscribe on YouTube or the podcast and share with a friend. To join our community check out the Discord link in the description and you can follow me on Twitter at TWIVG Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it useful, liking and sharing it would really help me out. Otherwise, check out the other podcasts in the feed. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next one.